Welcome to The Point Podcast. At The Point, we point high school students to Jesus because we believe that Jesus is better than anything else that this world has to offer. We hope that this podcast is an encouragement to you in your walk with Christ, but that it does not replace the time you're already spending with the Lord. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our awesome high school youth pastor, my husband, Justin Kinley. Hey students, so welcome back to episode two of our walk through the five solas that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the scriptures alone, and to the glory of God alone. And today you're going to hear Eli Blaylock, Steve Strickland, and myself talk about the fact that we are saved by grace alone. And I should have mentioned this in yesterday's episode, but these videos are also, or these podcasts are also going to be going up on YouTube where you can actually watch um, us discuss these. So if you want to watch three guys sit around a table and talk about stuff, you can go on YouTube on the points page or on tribes page, but go to the points page and hit subscribe. Uh, go on there and check that out so you can watch it. So I hope you today you either watch or you enjoy listening to this episode on the fact that we are saved by grace alone. All right, so we are back for, Woo-hoo. I guess it's episode two now, episode two. where we are talking about uh, the five souls of the Reformation, and if that doesn't make sense to you, go back and watch or listen to the one we did yesterday. I guess these are going out five separate days. Sure, five separate cool. days. Uh, but I will say, let's do every episode, we'll start off by saying the five souls. So we are talking about how we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the scripture alone, and to the glory of God alone. And so today, we are going to be talking about how the fact that we are saved by grace alone. By grace. Which is a good one. So listen to Amazing Grace before you read this. Sorry. Sorry. So uh, we're just going to be kind of talking our way through um, Ephesians chapter 2 a little bit. And um, as Steve was kind of saying beforehand, before we started recording, man, we hope that this encourages you and that you can do the same thing that we're doing right yeah. here with, with other people around you. And so uh, we're just going to be kind of talking through this. So Ephesians 2, if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to press pause Woo-hoo. and get it and read it with us. So let's just, I'm going to read verse 1 through 3 uh, so it sets us up a little bit. So it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, and the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. So immediately this is not a very good section of verses for humanity. (laughs) It's just not a bedtime. And now good night, son. (laughs) You were dead. In your you trespasses. Yeah. Sweet dreams. <laughs> so what? Yeah, so dead, right? It's not the, I always read this and I'm like, um, and I think the thing too that I always notice is I, whenever I've preached this before, not in this sermon, I promise, <laughs> but, uh, but I've always talked about how like, you know, dead deer on a highway and you have some deer that are like, looks like they've just been destroyed mm-hmm. and mangled and ran over. And you have some where you look at it and you're like, dude, did that thing just get hit by like a bike? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't look like, it, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like right. it hit it, but the reality of it is both those things are dead, right? Completely. And I, I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can kind of get into a place where we look at someone and think, well, that person is more easily saved than another, mm. right? Like that person is not quite as sinful as this person over here. Right. But I, I think the reality of Ephesians 2 is the person convicted in prison right now is just as much in dead in their sin as the choir boy that's 13 years old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because dead's dead. 
Yeah. Dead, dead is dead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when you're dead, you can't do nothing. For right. You can't add water to dead things mm -hmm. because if you can add water and it grows, then it wasn't dead. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so Ephesians so 2 starts off with that. <laughs> and it says these are the best four, best two words in the Bible, right? Or some of them. But God, God. who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. And here, here's our line for that. Mm -hmm. You are saved by grace. Yeah. For he also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. I'll read verse 8 and 9, then we can talk about it. Go for it. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. And I'll read verse 10. For mm -hmm. we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. I love it. So maybe one of the, I don't know if it's okay to have favorite passages of scripture. Is this it? But this is one of them, yeah. right? It's one of them. And I think to me, the thing I always notice in verses one through three, verses four through 10, is like the subject completely changes, right? Like mm -hmm. verse one through three is talking about us, we were dead. And then in verse four through 10, you don't see us acting a lot, right? It's like God is acting right. and God is giving, you know what I mean? Right. Eli, you're quiet. You have any thoughts on that? No, it's good so far. Well, good so far. <laughs> I mean, I just, he approves. I mean, he yeah. approves. He yeah. approves. So then, so then what is grace? So then what is good the question. definition of grace since you're quiet over there, Eli? <laughs> I just, you know what I'm saying? What's the, how would you define grace? This is going to sound like such a cop out. I was about to say what what God did for us in Jesus. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's kind of cool though. Like, Jesus. but I mean, like, you know, if you want to know what, you know, I, I say all the time, trying to be a, a Christ centered in my teaching and stuff. Like, if you want to know what what love is biblically, then you look at Jesus. If you want to know mm -hmm. what grace is, then you then you look at Jesus. Jesus is the uh, Jesus is the definition. Like, if you look it up in the dictionary, there should be a picture of Jesus next right. to it. Like, you know, um, only we don't have pictures because. We don't know what he looks like. But anyway, so, um, but, sorry, um, tangent there. Rabbit trap. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's that. It, grace is, um, God's grace is that while we were undeserving, while we were alienated from God, while we had made ourselves enemies of God, um, God loved his enemies to the point that he gave his own son for them. Um, and that's uh, and that's what grace is. He is giving us something that we totally don't deserve in Jesus um, just because he's good. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's I, what grace is. Man, and I love it too in Ephesians 2 because I think the beauty of that is magnified when you understand our state in verses 1 through 3. You know, and yeah. it's, it's not that it's not like we had something to bring to the table. Right. And God saw, you know, good in us or whatever. Right. And it's like, yeah, that, I, I see potential in that person. Because <clears throat> if you're dead, you don't have potential. Right. You know what I mean? None, and so, so the fact that, none, right? So the fact that you understand verse one through three just magnifies his grace all the more. Because right. we got I mean? nothing. Yeah. And he gives us. Yeah. I know one thing I always love in this passage is the adjectives that's used for you. Adjectives describe nouns, right? Or verbs. Is that what they do? I think it is, something like that. But God, who is, I love it, who's rich in mercy, right? Rich. He doesn't just have a little bit of mercy. He's rich in it because of his great love. This, this great love. Made us alive with Christ. Um, all these things that it's using to describe just how great his love for us is, just how rich his mercy is. And again, that's just magnified when you understand what our state was in one through three, which, mm -hmm. is, which is cool. So, uh, so, Eli, we were talking about this before the video a little bit.
but you were talking about the importance of verse 8, which is kind of because the big thing is grace alone, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wh- why do you think there's a distinction there? We're saved by grace through faith. Tomorrow we'll talk about faith alone, but why is that so well, big here in this passage? Yeah, um, so I, I just want to point out the, those prepositions. So the prepositions are by and through. We're saved by grace, and we're sa- but through faith. Um, and that is an important distinction because we are... In saying that we're saved by grace, that means that grace is the actual thing that is saving us, Um, whereas faith is what grace comes through. Um, In other words, you're you're not saved by faith. You're Mm -hmm. saved through faith, which is is something different. Um, And that may seem like really nitpicky and that sort of thing. Here's why that matters. If you think that you're saved by faith, then it is on you to believe enough, to have enough faith, to trust enough in order to get into heaven. Um, if you are saved by grace, then what saves you, what gets you into heaven, what brings you close to God is his goodness and his love and his mercy poured out to you in Jesus Christ. Um, those are different things. And, and just practically the way that this works, as I know that when I was younger, I was sort of trapped in this idea that, um, I I knew that I, like, I knew I wasn't saved, but I thought that in order for me to be saved, what I needed to do was I needed to say the sinner's prayer with more sincerity. Um, and so I said it over and over and over again. If I, if I can just believe it enough this time, then I'll really be saved. And what that is, is that I'm trying to save myself with my own faith. I'm trying to justify myself before God by saying, look at how much I can believe. Um, and that's not what saves us. Um, God is what saves us um, through through grace, and so that that's an important thing, and it's a very it's a very freeing thing, in my opinion, to to recognize that to live under that. Which is really funny too, because if you if you think about like when Martin Luther wrote this, like what were people buying in the Catholic Church in order <laughs> in order to receive grace? Right, right. they're buying indulgences, right? Indulgences, so yes. And Google that. Google indulgences. Google indulgences, but they're literally buying things and paying money to mm-hmm. receive grace. That's probably right. the simplest way to say right. it, right? And what's funny is, I think I heard you teach on this one time that I, I remember was so true, is we look at that as like, man, that's so wrong, right? We're like, that's so wrong <laughs> to think you could buy stuff. But yet, how many of us do that? And I don't say us as in like students. I'm saying like us is right here. Like, man, I preached a great sermon tonight. I must get a little bit more grace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And right. And man, I think you're exactly right is when we understand that, Man, how freeing is that to know that it's not like I can add to the quality of grace that I receive because of I did something. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's no, it's been given to us in Christ. You can and, take. I, I mean, you can take an illustration from. I mean, it's it's from from the time of of Luther when they were selling indulgences and in the heyday of indulgences. I don't know who the who the guy was, but he was going around selling indulgences to basically renovate. Isn't that right? One yeah, of the they cathedral. were trying to build a St. Peter's yeah. Basilica. Yeah, yep. and so he would go into towns, and it, to, it's, I'm not saying that's what it was, but it really resembled a really horrible example of an altar call to say, if you come and do this, your family, you will have salvation. If you come forward mm-hmm. and put your money in for it, you can have it. And it was like, whoa, and people were, and Luther was like, wait a minute, what what is what is this? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You know, who, you probably know who the people are. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're thinking of John Tetzel. Yes. And, 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 and uh, what is it? It translates in English well. And it rhymes. I love it. Uh, it <laughs> says something. It was like it's something. It was something like 
the minute a coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. That's yeah, exactly yeah, right. So, yeah, that's so you could, you could, set, so you could set dead people free from purgatory, which is that's a different thing that we exactly, probably don't have time totally to get into. Different. But, yeah, so and, – and I was going to bring up – I think that the history here is, is important for us. Um, and it was interesting, too, because I actually I, – I was looking through the 95 Theses, and I think that a lot of people talk about – Martin Luther's 95 Theses that I haven't actually read 90, his 95 Theses. Because right, if you right. read it, that was early in his career. Like, a sure. lot of things he believed later on, he didn't believe at that point in time. Right. He was still very pro-Pope. Very, he he really was actually pro-indulgences at that point. Mm-hmm. He had a problem with the way that they were being sold. Yes. But, it, but anyways, but you can see kind of where his thought process, anyways, tangent. But, uh, but, <laughs> what, okay. but, but anyways, what we were, but what was... Because it ran away completely from grace. And it was, yeah, it and did. what was, what it was built on, what indulgences grew out of was the idea of penance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had this, and you can sort of see where some of these things probably started as a good idea that got twisted somewhere along yeah. the way. Um, and so you would have to, if you sinned in some way, then you would go to the church, you would talk to a priest, and you would confess your sins. Um, and he would prescribe something for you to do for penance. And penance was essentially a way for you, and it gets twisted in a lot of different ways, so I don't want to, you have to be careful in the way that you construe this, but what it was supposed to be was it was supposed to be a way for you to um, essentially kind of like fix yourself after what you had done if i could put it that way mm-hmm. by confessing your sins to god you were free from the burden of that sin eternally but you still might suffer punishment in the right here and the right now and if you didn't do something about that then when you died you would have to go to purgatory and suffer for that to sort of yes. i guess make you into the kind of person that deserved to go to heaven that was the teaching of the and so yeah, the church, you know and, and and the idea is and you, what the devil does is he takes a little bit of truth and he twists it. Absolutely. Um, because it is true that you should confess your sins. I, and I think not only to God, but to other people in the church mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. I also think that it's true that people who are truly sorrowful for their sin will probably do things to make that right. Right, right. You know, as best they can. But it is not true that you have to fix yourself, that you have to undo the damage or something like that because you can't. Yeah. And so what indulgences did was essentially it was like, hey, instead of doing penance, why don't you just pay the church? That's a good deed that you can do, and it makes up for whatever you just did. And that gets really twisted once it gets down to the ground level because you got to figure back then most people can't read and write, and they're sure. not, they don't have a Bible. They couldn't read a Bible that's even right. if they had one. That's what, um, and, and so they don't know any better. And so what they hear is just this is a get-out-of-hell-free card. I can do whatever I want, and I just you know, throw a little you know, throw mm-hmm. a coin in the, in the coffer, and I'm good. And yeah, now we don't we have think any of that, that today. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> I done did see, that. I done yeah. did that. I'm covered. What? Yeah, exactly. And and we think that that's so stupid. We think like, wow, these Who people are really that? dumb to do this. Well, I pray the problem prayer, is, is that we do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, if I just go down and I say the sinner's prayer, if I, you know, man, I, I did really bad this last week, so I'm going to go to church on Sunday and mm. now I'm better off. And like, so we, we do it. We just do it in different ways. Right. But that's it's right. the same. It's the same thing. It's us essentially trying to atone for our own sins. That does yes. not work. And what we're saying is, because it's grace, it is a free gift from God that we cannot earn or pay back. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So cool. I guess all good. And then just to wrap up, I would say, what does he say at the very end? It's it amazes me how here in Ephesians two and at the beginning of Romans, right? Yeah. Romans one when after Romans one seventeen, which we'll get into tomorrow, I'm sure. Um, 
but Romans one eighteen through Romans three twenty, it's all about basically how crappy humanity is, yes. right, and how in sin we are. Yes. And then that's when, but the righteousness of God has been now made yes. revealed through faith in Christ. What amazes me, I think it's in verse twenty six, is how immediately it's this incredible explanation of the gospel. How we were, you know, no one righteous, mm-hmm. no not one. Mm-hmm. We've been saved through Christ. Now that does not relieve any room for boasting for us, that's right, that's you know, right. and that's what he does in Romans, and that's the exact same thing and, he does here. In and that's and that's the same theme even throughout when you read in the Old Testament scripture. When you look back, you look at God and go, God, why do you not just destroy all of them? Mm-hmm. Because really, they're they're ridiculous. Yeah. But God is gracious and He's merciful. Mm-hmm. But He has and He blesses them even in spite of that. So the yeah. grace of God is just been throughout yeah so, so and I, I i'm sorry I, how long have we gone uh we probably need to wrap it up in the yep. next minute or so okay i was gonna say i like that you brought up the not boasting thing though because and, and this is so and, and i think this is so important because sometimes you'll hear people like brag about how much faith they have yeah. mm. and that is so unimpressive I'm to god <laughs> so like you know <laughs> so it is so unimpressive i'm so um, humble so yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like uh because because it's like oh you have so much faith so what you yeah. know, and so it's like you know, so what? Your your faith didn't save you. The only reason that the only reason that we can have faith in anything at all is because there's something to have faith in that's by true. grace. And so, yeah. you know, that's the only. So I, I think that that's important. Like if we're if we're going to brag on anything, we yeah. need to just brag on God's goodness yeah. exactly and His right. grace. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like it. That's a good place to end. So we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the Scriptures alone, to the glory of God alone. So check out tomorrow's for faith alone. Thanks so much for listening. The Point is a ministry of First Baptist Church Indian Trail for high school students. We offer life groups every Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And we meet on Wednesday nights at 6.15. For more information, you can go to our church's website at fbcit.org.